coming up next on Inherited Podcast. I'm selling hair. I'm doing hair. I'm making a shit ton of money, like money mm-hmm. that I didn't really even realize I was making. I was just doing it. Yeah. So to be honest, I didn't realize how much money I made until I was sent 1099 from. Oh, that's how you know you're getting it in when they send them form. Yeah, like <laughs> I think my first and I was making cash and they PayPal was just introduced. I was making cash and PayPal. But on PayPal, that first year that I was using it, I think they had uh, sent me a 1099 for like forty nine, fifty thousand dollars. I didn't mm-hmm. like you making that kind of money. And I was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> then the next one was like a hundred and something. He was like, Where is all? I'm like, Listen, I'm just doing my thing. Yeah, I'm not, even, I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm really good at what I do. Like I'm really good at selling. I'm really good at creating content and things of that nature. And those are the things besides like whatever business acumen that I have that have allowed me to sell these products. Mm-hmm. Like my creative abilities, my strategy abilities, like that's what's allowed that's me what's to- That's what's pushing it, yeah. Right, so, and going into 2020, I implemented a specific strategy. I said, this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna stick to it. And I, uh, I left my apartment and went back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end of 2020, I had hit six figures. Building a legacy, so watch how you study me. You know what's inherited, ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant, consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up, no time for no chilling, man. Building a legacy, so watch how you study me. You know what's inherited, ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant, consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up, no time for no chilling, man. What's good? It's Sir Gates, and you're now tuning to the Inherited Podcast. Welcome back again. If you are watching, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Make sure you follow the podcast at Inherited Podcast. That is N-H-E-R-I-T-D Podcast across the board. And let's get into the interview. So today, we have a special guest in the building, creative director and brand strategist herself, Miss Diamond Spikes. We're going to get into a good interview, so let's do it. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Blessed to be here, man. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've been good. Of course, <laughs> life has been lifing. Yeah. You know, we've had COVID and all types of crazy yeah. things happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long time. We go way back to the Browns Mill days, elementary school, man. <laughs> good history, good history. But so check this out. Before we get into the podcast, right? Got to break the ice a little bit. Okay, okay. So I'm going to pull a card from this deck. I promise you, I don't know what it's going to say. But we're both going to answer the question. <laughs> okay. right? There's nothing okay. in here that's like outlandish or crazy, so okay. don't, you ain't got to worry about All that. Right. So it's going to pull them off the top, and we're going to see what it is. We're going to see what it is. Okay. Hmm. What's one bad habit you're trying to get rid of? I got to go first. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Ladies um, first. One bad habit that I'm trying to get rid of. That's actually a really good question, but... <laughs> One bad habit that I'm trying to get rid of is that when I am like assigned something, Mm. more so like a spiritual assignment, like I know it's something that I have to do, Mm. but there are like human things. Like I'll say I'm a human and I'm not perfect at Mm, all, but there are moments where in doing the human thing that I need to do, Mm. where in the moment of trying to act, I am held back from taking the action. Mm. So, and that is my bad habit. 
Okay, okay. We can all get better at that, doing stuff with what, what we know we need to do and what we need to do it. I deal with that sometimes as well. It's like, you know, for a fact, this is what I should be doing, but sometimes it's just a, I'm not doing it right now type situation or some things may pop up to where I can't do it or whatnot. But actually taking the action and being intentional with doing it, we all got to get better at that sometimes, <laughs> you know. It's a it's a habit. So for myself, um, I would have to say, I mean, I, well, I guess it is a bad it's not a habit, but it's a thing, I guess. So it's just, say, for instance, if something is not done on time for me mm-hmm. or being late going somewhere, like mm-hmm. how upset I would get oh at God. it. It's just like I'm trying to get to a, a good mellow space of it's going to be all right, this and that. But because yeah. I prioritize time so much, yeah, it's just hard to not get frustrated when... You don't Things, meet the expectations. Yeah, man. Because you can't you can't get that time back. Like once it's yeah, gone, it's, it's gone. gone. And it's just like if you know for a fact, if I would have did X, Y, and Z to prepare for this, yeah, I would have been on time. Or say if it's dealing with other people, if yeah. communicate better, things would have happened on time. But that's um that's one of my bad habits, is trying to not get so upset when things yeah. don't go as planned. So I just gotta do 10 times better at that. But hey, time is of the essence, you know, can't waste that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. definitely a thing. Nah, for sure. So let's get into it, right? So um, so you want to get into get to know Dom, right? People who don't know you, people who do know you, they may not know a backstory or this and that. Yeah. So so let's take them back to Young Diamond, right? Growing up uh, oh in those younger days, family, school, <laughs> friends, there's trials, tribulations. So just get them a backstory of Diamond Spikes and just from then until... uh. Post twenties around there. So this uh how was that life for you? Okay, so obviously I grew up in Decatur. Um Yes sir. Because <laughs> <laughs> we went to the same school. Yeah. But um you know, I literally I moved to Georgia in ninety-nine. Mm. And actually at first I was at Cedar Grove. I was at Cedar Grove for like a year or two or like a year and a half. Um, but they quickly moved me out of there mm-hmm. and put me into the magnet program. Um, and that's how I ended up at Brown's Mill. Yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, it was a culture shock moving to uh, Atlanta because where I was at, I was in Louisiana before. And before that, I was in Germany. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. yeah, I, fin- I spent the majority of, like, my preschool and, like, toddler mm-hmm. years in Germany. So coming back to America, it, it wasn't bad, but... When I got to Atlanta, it was just different. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. Jeremy to the A. <laughs> um, but being at Browns Mill was cool. Um, honestly, the it was a shock just because like I talked different. And so people felt a way because I talked different, which was interesting. And also because I wasn't a big like name brand person, mm-hmm. people would feel the way because I didn't have name brands. So that that little stuff was like weird. And I'd be like, what? Like what are y'all, what are y'all going through? <laughs> but um generally speaking though, I really appreciated my education mm-hmm. coming from DeKalb County and being in the Magnet program. Mm-hmm. Like they were very um I ain't gonna say it was I ain't gonna say it was competitive, but it was definitely challenging. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's necessary, obviously, to prune your brain cells and for you to be able to grow and critically think and things like mm-hmm. that. So I definitely appreciated all of that. Um, even like I went, I went to Miller Grove. I feel sorry for you. But... <laughs> Miller Grove Middle School. <laughs> um, Miller Grove was definitely wild to say the least. But even while I was there, um, 
I still had a great education. Like all my teachers were amazing. Um, and actually, that's it's funny I say that because I, me and uh, black went to school together. Word. Yeah. So that's another East Side native. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, so he was there too, and all everybody who was at Browns Mill transplanted over to Middle Grove Middle mm-hmm. School. So. We were there, and then we all basically went to Southwest Cab after that. Feel bad for you again. <laughs> well, I can't say I, can. I. I was supposed to go to Southwest, but that's when that whole um like adverse thing happened. Yeah, so yeah, I got yeah. sent to MLK yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah. But all right, I digress. <laughs> they they split it. <laughs> they they split it. But um, Southwest was definitely it was fun. Like mm-hmm. I loved being at school. Honestly, I was one of those kids who. Like, generally speaking, like, as a person, I'm extremely sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean, like, oh, I'm emotional, but, like, I was just born a sensitive person. Like, mm-hmm. my immune system is overreactive. Like, I am just sensitive. Wow. And um, I feel things really, really, really deep. And that was something that would always kind of get me in interesting situations because... Some people don't, and they mm. don't be caring about all that shit. They be like, girl, <laughs> like, why are you doing all of that? But that's just me. I can't help it. Yeah. So, like, I, I still remember uh, <laughs> certain things would have happened. Like, I remember seeing my friends drink. To this day, I still don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't mm. do any of that stuff. But I still remember, like, my friends drinking this stuff and me just feeling so, like, like, you're messing up your body. Like, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Like, I care about your body. You were in tone with it. <laughs> and I just be like, just, just relax. I'm going to be fine. And I'm like, I feel you, but... Mm. But, uh, yeah. I definitely had an interesting, but definitely a great education coming out of coming out of DeKalb County. Now, that's just like me learning and me like interacting with people, right? Yeah. But on the other side, I had this whole enterprising side about myself, right? Mm. So... And I didn't mention any of that in, through talking about this, but it started at Browns Mill, actually. So when I was in sixth grade, I had a um, a project in my math class, Mr. Mm-hmm. Thompson's sixth grade math class. And we were supposed to create a business, right? We had to come up with a, um, what you call it, a business plan. We had to create a, Damn, an innovative product. Golly. Yeah, innovative product. <laughs> All of that. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I remember me and Janae Pierce, we were uh, like teammates on the project. And I still remember like doing all the business plan stuff and creating the the product and that entire process. I was just so like invigorated through it all. And I was just like, what the freak? Like, this is amazing. I (laughs) want to do this. (laughs) Got you locked in. Yeah, I was was super excited about um, doing it and just how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. So kind of like from that point forward, I was just like, like this, I'm doing this. (laughs) Like I am doing this. Um, And granted, like I'm, I'm, I'm a creative and I've been a creative, Mm -hmm. but that strategic enterprising side was always there. So Child, after that, I started doing so much stuff. I was selling freaking drawings. I was selling candy. Start, I was man. selling all of that stuff. And by the time I was like 12 or 13, I started making money doing hair. Like I was braiding and stuff. And then by the time I got to Southwest, mm-hmm. um, 
I think I, I got my first sewing in like 10th grade. My cousin did it. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of like reverse engineered what she had did. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And I started doing sew-ins. And then after I started doing my own sew-ins, I started doing other people's sew-ins. So like I never had like a little, oh, I'm going to work at McDonald's. I didn't do that. I was doing sew-ins and doing hair and stuff. <laughs> and I was playing tennis. I was, uh, I was playing in the orchestra. Now, granted, I got in a couple of relationships that threw me off real bad. But dance kind of put me back in the right yeah. direction. So I joined the dance team and I was in the band. Um, and that really gave me a lot of my confidence back because, again, I'm super emotional and mm -hmm. sensitive and stuff. And I was with humans that I just should not have allowed into my space. It happens. It happens. But, you know, um, even within that, like I'm still, I'm still doing hair, um, you know, at this point, doing makeup, too, because I was a dancer and I got into makeup because mm -hmm. we had to wear makeup to perform. So I got into that then. And um, in the interim of that, I got introduced to a woman named Tega Johnson. Now, my dad, he was also a, a businessman. Like I was going to ask you that. <laughs> he, worked, he worked for the state, but he also had a business on the side um, where he was doing contract work um, with Amazon and the airport and all types of stuff. Mm. So... I had that example, right? And I was also introduced to a woman named Tega Johnson. Now, Tega Johnson kind of flipped my mind upside down. Um, and I was like her intern, but she was like the first woman that I had ever seen. And I was 15 at this specific point, but she was the first woman that i ever seen who, you know, she had this big house and she was selling all these products. She was the first person i ever seen doing lace wigs. Like, I don't know what a lace wig was until I saw her. Mm. But, you know, that's... 15, I'm 31 now. That was 16 years ago, about to be 17 years ago. And she was doing that then, right? So being her intern and seeing all the things that were possible, I was like, you know what? I'm doing hair and stuff right now. And that that was the original reason why I was connected to her because my godmom was like, you know what? This is what you do. I could probably connect you to the lady who does my hair. And yeah, so she ended up, right. So she ended up connecting me with her. And when I saw that, I was like, listen, I know it's possible. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It, it is what it is. And it's actually interesting because I never necessarily asked her, like, you know, how do I how do I do this? How mm -hmm. do I do that? I just watched. I watched everything that she did. Um, and I just took it all in. And by the time I was getting ready to graduate from Southwest, um, I had like a I had a summer Something I forgot what you call it. I was at this like disease detective like camp an internship at the CDC. Kind of situation? Not an internship, but it was a camp. I was okay. at a camp at the CDC, and then after the camp, I was working at the CDC as like a a miscellaneous clerk. Mm. So I was there, but while I was there, I was doing research on how to sell hair and makeup. Mm. That was what I was doing <laughs> while I was there. Like I did the work. The work was easy, um, and it was meantime, really boring. Though. No. <laughs> No shade to the CDC, y'all do y'all thing, but I was Miss Lane's clerk and that was boring. But um, <laughs> I was doing my research, I figured out how to sell it, and I was like, okay, bet. So once I figured it out, and this was back when there was no PayPal, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? There was none of this other stuff. So I had to pay these folks with Western Union. Mm. Um, this was when nobody really knew what Alibaba was, but that's where I found my supplier at. And I came home and I was like, Hey, mom and dad, like, you know, I want to try to sell hair and I found a supplier, but I got to pay him with Western Union. My dad was like, if you send them folks that money with you, you, you are not going to get a product back. back. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, sir. And I was like, I mean, it's only like $100. So, like, 
if I lose that, yeah. I, I'll be okay with losing it. So um, I did it. I did actually did a little marketing on Facebook. I said, I'm going to have this, this, that on this day, mm-hmm. right? And so I put it out there. And when the hair came in, I sold it all that day. Sheesh. And um, the makeup, I used to have like little sales for the makeup. People would like come over to the house mm-hmm. and they would like look through it and like buy whatever they wanted. But really that was the beginning of me like going into product sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fun. But like from that moment forward. It was all to the races. With like it. I'm saying. And like by the time I was at Spelman, like this is me like between summer of senior year and like my freshman year at Spelman. So mm-hmm. like I'm at Spelman. I'm selling hair. I'm doing hair. I'm making a shit ton of money. Like money mm-hmm. that I didn't really even realize I was making. I was just doing it. Yeah. So to be honest, I didn't realize how much money I made until I was sent 1099 from Oh, that's how you know you're getting it in when they send them form. <laughs> yeah, like I think my first and I was making cash. And they PayPal was just introduced. I was making cash and PayPal. But on PayPal, that first year that I was using it, I think they had uh, sent me a 1099 for like $49,000, $50,000. My dad was mm-hmm. like, you making that kind of money? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> then the next one was like 100 and something. He was like, where is all? I'm like, listen, I'm just doing my thing. Right, I'm not, even, I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, this is all while... I'm in school. I'm doing hair. I'm a, I'm an art major. I'm a mm-hmm. studio art major at Spelman. So I'm doing my artwork. I'm doing my classwork. I'm doing hair. I'm being a girlfriend. Um, to this day, when I think about that, my head hurts. Cause I'm just like, I don't know how I was doing all. all you of was this in your stuff. groove, man. Listen, I don't have the capacity <laughs> to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've just kind of always been fearless in that sense. Where it's like, if I as soon as I can make the connection, as soon as I can see the pattern of how to do something. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need any other proof or anything like yeah. that. It's like I know I get it. I know how to do it. It's, it is. Like, I'm I'm going to go do it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not. I don't give a fuck what people are thinking about. Like I'm just gonna go do it. Yeah, and the rest gonna find out. On that's, the back end. that's that's how that's how it usually works. Like just hearing that. I'm I kind, I'm kind of the same way to where if I can see something, I'm a visual learner. I love learning. Mm-hmm. Well, I love to do the hands-on work, but. If I see a concept, a proof of concept, I'm just seeing like, okay, this is what it takes to do X, Y, and Z. I can just dive right in. Then it's on a, on a register to do, go to the YouTube, do the research, figure it out on my own instead of having to wait and say, oh, I need this class, that class. It's just, mm-hmm. If you just dive right into it mm-hmm. and get your hands dirty, sometimes it's 10 times easier to just, we learn from those mistakes you may make and go back and watch, rinse, and repeat, watch, rinse, and repeat. And again, like you said earlier, reverse engineering, that's one of the keys to getting it done. If you see how something is done, what did it take to get to from point A to point B? But let me start at point B and work my way back and see all the kinks and this and that that I had to right. do to get here and this and that. But it's amazing that you can just go from just that idea and just that hunger you had to say, hey, this is what I want to do. I don't care what's going on. I'm doing it. Like you say, girlfriend, school, hair. Out of all of that, I'm still getting it in. And that's a beautiful yeah. thing. But what I want to ask is growing up, right? What was that? I know you said your father had a business on the side as well, but mm-hmm. outside of him and, and also including him, what kind of, what did you see or what motivated you to just to get into that mindset of, I love brands, I love business, I love just just that being on my own type situation. I'm not saying I want to work for somebody else, but what, what motivated you to do that? So the original motivation was that 
that project, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily from a perspective of like, oh, I don't want to work for anybody. Mm-hmm. That is just where I felt the passion. So mm-hmm. that is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I also wanted to be an artist. When I was little, I wrote on my little preschool paper, when I grow up, I want to be an artist. Mm. So, you know, that's a that's a thing too. But when it came specifically to like business and things like that, like starting with business, that's just, it was almost just in me. I was like, about to say, this had to be something natural. I didn't, yeah. There was nothing besides me experiencing what I experienced. I felt the flame and I said, I don't want this shit to burn out. Yeah. <laughs> like, period. Now, when it came to branding and stuff, um, obviously, because I'm a creative, those things were things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, like when I was doing all this stuff, there weren't a lot of like entrepreneurs our age mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff. So. Um, in that time period, a lot of people were looking at me. That's, you know, I had got into like wake up now and stuff like that. And I had broke a record in a company and people started paying attention to me in mm-hmm. a different way on social media. So a lot of people knew me from that. A lot of people knew me, especially at school and stuff from here. Mm-hmm. So people just looked at me as a businesswoman, like yeah. diamond, that's her, like business is her thing. Like that's what she does. But people didn't necessarily see the creative side mm-hmm. of what I was doing. Now, granted, people did know that I did do the creative part. So, like, you know, I was even still doing, um, like, logos and packaging and stuff like that on the side for other people's businesses. Again, I don't know how I was doing all this stuff. (laughs) But I'm just here to tell the story. Um, But, yeah, so, like, I'm doing what I'm doing with my business. I'm doing all the creative stuff, building a website, doing the packaging, doing all the creative shoes, doing all the creative content. I'm also, you know, doing... Um, graphic work for other people's companies on the side. And um, for me, actually, it got to a point after, because I, I had got burnout doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of my life lessons that I'm here to learn on this earth is how to properly balance yeah. work in, uh, in personal life. And I'm getting better at it, mm-hmm. but that's definitely one of the things that I'm supposed to learn. Like I have a natural inclination for business mm-hmm. and for strategy and stuff like that. Like, it's just something I am great at. Right. But when it comes to me being able to do both and do them well, that's a place where I struggled a bit. So um, as I've matriculated through this process, there have been different points where I've completely stopped and I'll stop for like a couple months and then I'll come back to it. But there was a point where I got really burnt out from doing hair because I just wasn't managing mm-hmm. um, my bandwidth properly. And so I had just put that shit down. Like I said, I'm just make whatever I need to make in order for me to <laughs> live. And I just took a break. Like and I, I remember just... seeing that. I got back introduced to you like from post um, elementary school. Yeah. I seen you booming with hair. Yeah. And I did see a period that was like... I didn't see it anymore. Not, yeah. I didn't, never thought you quit. But of course, like I say, burnout does happen. But when I seen you was going crazy with it, yeah, <laughs> selling this, selling that. So I'm like, damn, Diamond. But it was always <laughs> good to see. But And that that's like, it's a process as far as the, I guess they said, like the work-life balance situation. Because mm-hmm. with myself, I still to this day, I don't know how to cut it off. But it's because in my mind, <laughs> it's still like, I understand that. When you're responsible for your branding, your marketing, opening, closing, shipping, it's like nobody else is going to do it for you. So you yeah. have to do it. And if you don't do it, either you're going to you can fall off, lose your position or just lose your, your state of mind of it's being on point. But mm-hmm. just trying to cut that off, then it's in an entrepreneurial realm. Sometimes it takes 12 to 16 hour work days to get stuff done. 
And sometimes if you manage it properly, it could. You could do it in an eight-hour workday. But I just don't think that if you don't put that time and work in, it's going to take just that much longer to attain a certain goal that you you have for yourself. Yeah. And being at the top of it, what you're at the top at, nobody else is going to do it for you. So you can get caught up in just being up all night and just... Trying to get some shit done. Yeah. I, I remember sometimes, man... When I open that laptop from sun up, it'd be, I swear, it was one day. That's how this is how I knew I was doing too much. I used to forget what day of the week it was. Mm-hmm. I would be up from that morning, and when they transition to 12 o'clock, pass it that next day, and I go mm-hmm. to bed. I'm like, damn, today, Tuesday, is it Wednesday? But it was just <laughs> so much that had to get done. Yeah. And I knew I loved doing it, so it wasn't like a, I right. don't want to sit here and do it because I love to do it. Right. I so could, you just you get lost in it. Man, what? I could, I could do it all day. Yep. But I've been told as well, like, man, come on, put the computer down and let's yeah, go do this and that. But it, it's tough to knowing it, I battle with if I'm sitting out here having fun or this and that, I could be doing so much more on a business tip with this time. <laughs> I just can't force myself to go out and not saying to me, sometimes enjoying life is doing business work. Enjoying life is That's thing. creating a product or trying to figure out how can I market this or how can I get this sale. Like that's a it's a thing for me. Like I I enjoy it. So, yeah. but I know for a fact I do need to spend more time on a on a calmer level of just let me just go out here and just love the trees, just seeing that Period. the stuff that's out here that like, I'm being thankful for. Just Man. go hug the tree, take your shoes off, walk on the earth, just. Is that what you do to kind of reset yourself sometimes to get get to clear your mind? So, and I still do do it to this day, but I love going outside. Mm-hmm. I love being with trees. I love hearing the wind <laughs> blow the leaves. Like I just love being out in nature. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I see me and my husband both do. Like he likes going to beaches. I love beaches myself. Same. But like when it comes to that type of you have to have structure in your business and in your life. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I realized that we kind of both lacked. And I also realized that that was part of the reason why I was able to burn out mm-hmm. so often. Like I would have a good, whatever, couple months, six months, seven, eight months, maybe even a year, some change. But like at a certain point I hit that. Yeah. I'm getting tired as fuck. And I have to like do something different. And I just realized that I didn't have the proper structure in my personal life. And when you don't have the proper structure in your personal life, it makes you feel like what you're doing outside of business is getting in the way of business mm-hmm. versus you understanding what pieces your personal life play in business and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have everything planned out to the T, like, you know, me and my husband, we would have, like, our vacations planned for the year. We would have our dates planned for the year. Mm-hmm. We would have at least the days and the times that we're going to do that or you know, That's our spa powerful. days planned for the year, different things like that. And even time that we're putting aside to be with family so that when it comes time to do that, we don't feel like we're being pulled away from something yeah. else. It's there. <laughs> like, we already know we're supposed to work from this time to this time. And we're supposed to do this on this day with these people. So ain't nothing to be upset about. Ain't nothing to feel the way about. easier. Yeah. Right. So just making sure that the structure is in your personal life, just like it's in business. I think that that was really a game changer for us and it allowed us to, especially him, allowed um, it everything to just be more calm because mm-hmm. you're not just like anxious about people getting in the way of progress. Yeah. Because when you know the goal that you're trying to reach and you can guesstimate the, the type of time it's going to take you to do, if you can plan it out properly across the calendar, 
everything else can fit in. And it's just, yeah. it's not a big deal. So I think it really just takes that structure. But in going back and talking about the break that I took, I really needed it. Like I, I took time to really get myself in order, take care of myself better, you know, broke up with an ex. Like it was just a lot of good stuff happening mm-hmm. at that moment in time. But um, in addition to all those different things, I think like maybe a couple of years later, like maybe a year and a half, I made the decision to go full time as a creative entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really said, you know, I'm just going to put to the side this hair company again, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to do it for another company. Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm just like, you know, I'm really good at what I do. Like, I'm really good at selling. I'm really good at creating content, things of that nature. And those are the things besides, like, whatever business acumen that I have that have allowed me to sell these products. Mm-hmm. Like, my creative abilities, my strategy abilities, like, that's what's allowed that's me what's to. That's what's pushing it, yeah. Right. So I wanted to do that full time for other businesses. And um, I made a decision, like, at the end of 2019 to do that. And then going into 2020, I implemented a specific strategy. I said, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to stick to it. And I uh, I left my apartment and went back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end of 2020, I had hit six figures. Shit, it was going and popping, baby. And that was, that was the beginning <laughs> of DSPM Design Studio. Yeah, I want to get into that, too. Before I do that, I'm going to ask you something. So what either... I'll say growing up, what was the, the first brand that caught your eye? Like, what was your favorite brand? Oh my god! That you fell in love with. I don't know. <laughs> well, what's your favorite one to the day then? Um, damn, that's a hard question because I look. I just like brands. Period. <laughs> like, ooey. Um, that's a really hard question. Well, just pick one. It gets any out of your favorite. What's what is one brand that you like out of the out of the many you do like? What's one you like and why? And what do you like about it that catches your eye and you love about their brand and their strategy? All right, so I'm I'm gonna say Apple. I'm good an Apple one, girl. Good one. I've had Team Apple products. Apple. <laughs> I've had Apple products since the not the inception, but since they started selling iPhones, iPods, I've mm-hmm. had every single iPhone except for maybe like the past five years. I haven't gotten every single one. Yeah. But like I've been an Apple girl for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love their products, but when it comes to you know, their branding, like they're they're top tier when it comes to it because they they stay true to who who they are. Mm-hmm. So like in talking about Apple, I can actually bring up Samsung. I'm I, I don't care for Samsung like that. Like they're cool. They have cool appliances and stuff like that and phones, I guess. But um <laughs> the thing with Apple versus like a Samsung is that Apple understands what it means to really connect with their audience. Mm-hmm. They understand that in order to be able to really sell the products that they have, they're going to have to center the user in their messaging, center the user in their content, and really tell the story about the user Mm -hmm. where their products are helping the user get to whatever goal that it is Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get to. So, you know, they do that as well as they hit on your emotions. Like, they do a lot of different cool things that, you know, allow you to be able to really connect with the brand. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and like, obviously I know that Apple doesn't have like the most tech savvy products in the world, but I don't care about that. And yeah. they, they know that that's not necessarily the most important thing in the world. Like 
because they're in my mind, their value prop is not that they're the most tech savvy. Like right. that's that's what Samsung is trying to. Samsung wants to be the most tech savvy. Or we got the most uh whatever, whatever they call. I'm gonna say effects, but that's not the word. I understand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, effects, attributes, the, right. the stuff we, that come with our products. Right. Yeah, I got, I got like you. We, we we got the most, you know, we've been we've been able to do this. Our phone folds and have this. Right. I don't, I don't care about care. none of that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just about um you know, really being able to connect with the customer and, and them really knowing who their customer is. They know their customer don't care about that. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't give a fuck. Like Samsung and Android users, like they always want to go to bad about stuff. And it's like, y'all care about that. Mm-hmm. We don't care about that. Facts, we want to be able to do what we need to do seamlessly. I was easily. just about, that's the biggest thing for me with Apple. Apple is seamless. Like, yeah. again, just the airdrop like, is different. Man, what? Just even without, <laughs> I, I see Apple commercials, but the main time I see this like Apple content is if I'm tuning into a keynote or going on their website trying to shop and I see the little displays. But it's just like in the business realm, I'm that user. So the fact that I can go to my computer on a Mac or a MacBook, create my own creation and not have to download it, email it, it, re-download it, then upload it to my, I can just seamlessly airdrop it to my device and upload it to the platform I want to upload it to. Like, that's very important to me. Yeah. It's just, they don't have so much going on in their backend and their iOS system. It's just seamless. This is what I need. This and there. Everything with them is just so. It's not plain Jane, but it's like. I mean, it it's, is plain Jane, though. Yeah, it, it, it's, and that's this is the crazy part. It's just it's the, it's the simplicity of. Yes, and that's what I love about Apple. It's just I just I, I don't get brain clutter using their products. Right. And the branding is on point. Just the, the grades, the slick grades and stuff. It just matches. Right. It's a it's a premium it's a premium product and Facts. it's a premium brand. And they they put it visually put it out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, with messaging, you know it's that way. Like you talk about the keynotes and stuff. They always have these uh, keynote talks. They always are having um, different big conventions and stuff where mm-hmm. you're able to see their new products and they're talking about the different developments that they have. With like you know they came when they came out with like the M2 chip and all that stuff. Like yeah. that, all that stuff was like super cool. And like it's dope to see them continuously evolve what they're doing as mm-hmm. a company. Um, and you know, I, I like that. But at the end of the day, as a user, I just appreciate what the products are and how they integrate into my life. Mm-hmm. I don't care about all that extra stuff. Don't and need it. you know, with Apple, it always it always feels genuine because they know their user. Yep. Hundred percent down to the T. They know where the world is going. At that, this is this is a, a creative world now. Like mm-hmm. the digital age is here and already taking over. And they they pander to that even with down. Like they prioritize the camera in their phone, mm-hmm. knowing what are we doing all day every day, taking photos and videos, mm-hmm. and wanting to upload a light. So we're gonna prioritize the camera, the seamlessness, uh, mm-hmm. some of the apps we integrate to be cross platform. So mm-hmm. like I said, they're they're on point with connecting with the target audience. So, but having said that, what do you think is, like, how can, say if somebody had a brand they're starting a business, right? Mm-hmm. What tips can you give them to say, this is how you should connect to your community, your avatar. What should they do to make sure they're building that community up and being able to get their messaging across to their end user? So they're going to have to sit down and do some strategy work. Mm-hmm. So they need to figure out exactly who they are, not saying like you don't know who you are as a person, but like you really have to know um, as a brand, right? 
who you are. You have to know like what your values are, what your beliefs are, and you have to know like what you are standing for so that by the time it comes time for you to put something out into the world, mm -hmm. it's consistent. Your messaging is consistent because those things inform your messaging. They inform how you communicate, whether mm -hmm. that's, you know, communication with the visuals or with the graphics or with you or whatever, with words, with text. It's all around what you're able to concretely and succinctly say, like, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I do. And this is who I do it for. You put it in your messaging. You make sure that everything that you post is in alignment with that. And it allows you to be able to connect with other people who are mm -hmm. in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing that, you're probably going to be all over the place. And, you know, your friends probably will follow you. <laughs> <laughs> but in order to really be able to connect with other people who may not know who you are, but who, you know, fuck with what you're about, yeah. you have to consistently put out that message. And you have to be consistent with the message, mm -hmm. whatever that message is, whatever the underlying theme is of the message um, and about what you stand for as an individual or as a you know personal brand, that's just something that you have to do consistently. That doesn't mean you have to do it every day, mm -hmm. but you have to do it consistently for whatever that means to you. Understood. Understood. So how I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I write this a lot. So when it comes down to when you're putting out your brand message and trying to connect to your audience, can you speak on the fact of how important just the act of storytelling is to... Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> to get to it. So storytelling is really important. Um, and I like to say at the end of the day, like we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. And what we are doing is that not only like mirrors how we develop relationships in like real life, but it is a form of developing a relationship. Mm -hmm. So... If you want people to be able to connect with you, you're going to have to speak Perhaps. and not just in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to share a quote here and there. But like, you know, you're talking about your life. You're talking about things that you experience. You're talking about the things that are in alignment about what you mm -hmm. value. And you're telling the stories that also go along with that. Now, of course, like there are different strategies and things like when you go a little bit higher, when you mm -hmm. when you want to talk about like brand storytelling and things like that, like there are formulas that you can do. But just generally speaking, it's important to tell stories. Like, people fall in love with musicians more when they watch documentaries. Facts. And that's because there's a story being told about that person that you didn't know before. Mm -hmm. um, because prior to, the only form of storytelling that you really get from artists is their songs or mm -hmm. their music videos. You don't get the other side of the story, which is, you know, who they are, where they are from, um, and the different aspects that allow you to just be able to forge a deeper connection, deeper mm -hmm. emotional connection with them. So definitely tapping into storytelling um, is really important. Like you just, you really have to be able to connect with people on a human level because we mm -hmm. are fucking human. Right. And that, at the end of the day, that's, that's just what matters. 100%. It's like, like you say, the fact that we're humans, we have emotions, right? And yeah. think about if you can, Touch somebody's, oh man, this feels good. Now, mm -hmm. just like what what is for instance, like Nike, they know for a fact 99% of us, if we care about ourselves, we want to get in shape and have good health. Yeah. They're hitting that emotional nerve of I care about my life, I care about my well-being. So when I come in and put on this Nike check and it goes to you the think about that's what you feel. Yeah. When I go that's to the gym, I'm like, shit, I'm in this Nike fit. I'm in here <laughs> right? working out. I'm matching everything they stand for. So it's just trying to get to that. 
touching those psychological things inside of the human yeah. brain, it just really activates them to, okay, now I'm paired with you guys. You guys care. Well, some brands, they don't care about you, but just in, a, in that answer, do you care about me and what right. I got going on? We got this emotional attachment. So now dealing with emotions, I'm falling in love with yeah. this brand. So guess what? Every time you drop, I'm on Hey, you want my card, man? Got the card saying inside the database and everything, (laughs) man. But so that's just, I love that you touched on that. But so say if, right, if you had a, um, let's see, what can I call him? Jake from Little Rock, Arkansas, whatnot. He said, hey, hey, Miss Spice, I'm trying to start a brand around selling the new Oreo. If you can sit down with him for like two minutes, what would you say the top, Five things he should focus on out of the gate to get that brand started. Okay, why he wants to sell the new Oreo. That's a good fact. Um, because it's really random, but definitely needs to know why. He needs to be able to figure out who buys that mm-hmm. Oreo. Um, so doing market research to make sure he understands like who the buyer is. Um, what else? Developing a plan to be able to market the products, mm-hmm. um, obviously having whatever platform that he needs in order to sell the products, and then content. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, and also honorable mention, customer service. But um, That's a big one right there. Content is important. And um, I know we're in a content economy and mm-hmm. an attention economy, but I genuinely feel like that's, is going to change like the way it is now is going to change. Soon. You think so? I think it is. Everything is going to change too. I think that. So, I have to say first, like again, we're human, right? Yeah. Naturally, we want to connect with each other, but also naturally, we do not function in the way that the attention economy is allowing us to function. Mm-hmm. With everything being so popcorn stuff, so, yeah. people don't people don't people don't like that. We don't. We do it because we are attached mm-hmm. to the scroll, but we don't like it, which is why every time we find something consistent or somebody consistent, we ground Mm -hmm. ourselves in that person or in that thing because we're like, oh shit, in the sea of all this stuff, I finally found something that feels solid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that people are, long form is going to, it's going to go back, everything's going to go back to long form. I think things are going to go back to people waiting on folks to drop stuff. To where it's more like personal yeah. and more um, engaging. And I was talking to my husband about it. I was like, you know, we thinking about all the stuff that the luxury brands do and we call it luxury, but really it's just human. Mm-hmm. Like they personalize things. They make it personal to you. They make you feel special. That is just human. That's yeah. not luxury. Like when you do stuff for your wife or for whoever, for your mom, for your dad, and you make it special for them, that's just because you care about them yep. and you want them to feel that care, but that's human. That's not luxury. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, brands are going to go more towards that. And I would hope so. Jeez. Yeah, like it's 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 going to hit a, it's going to hit a brick wall. Because I enjoy I'm a, I enjoy long long form content because it's just what I love. I'm into like movies, documentaries, and just sitting down and consuming things. So if I'm only most getting most people are ten seconds or something. 15 seconds, it's like, all right, I get it. But I it doesn't really give me a chance to figure you out or connect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to keep waiting on it to pop back up unless you really got that good, a minute and 30 second clip to where I'm like, okay, now it's going to move me to that next step. 
Let me go to your main profile. Now, okay, next step. Let me hit that and link to honestly, that website. That's why all of that stuff works because you want more content. Mm-hmm. Like that's why YouTube is still the top because long form content still wins mm-hmm. because it's the next best thing next to TV. We don't watch TV anymore, but we've had YouTube ever since TV. That's a fact. And that's why TikTok is now going to long form content. They allow you to upload long ass videos. Mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, it's going to go back to that. How soon do you think it's going to happen within the next how many years? <laughs> we got by <laughs> 365, a little bit more than that, because the way things are going, it's it's going to hit a brick wall. And that's honestly, I've had another break. So I'm st- I'm in the middle of another break where oh. I, I took a step back and I was like, the way things are going doesn't even feel right in my spirit. Mm. So, um, you know, I had a, a lot of coming to... Jesus moments and I had a lot of confirmation about a lot of different things that I'm supposed to be doing which I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things was that and how I'm going to be able to do what I need to do is a lot of it's going to be through long form content. Like so I'm, you kind of sitting not, back playing the field right now, just sitting back and observing and prepping for it? Or? Yeah, pretty much that. And, you know, I, I already know what it is that mm-hmm. I need to do. And what we're doing is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to talk more. Yeah. Like, I've been doing this shit for a very long time. You have. And, like, <laughs> have. I'm a, like, I don't look like an OG, but I'm an OG. <laughs> so. You got young OGs out here. It's important for me to really talk about what I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot of shit to say, especially about capitalism. That's another conversation. That's a fact. And that's a part of telling your story, though. Like you say, the storytelling is just when you get to just dig inside of somebody, you'll be surprised that sometimes you will, sometimes you won't, but just how much they know or how much they've experienced in a certain mm-hmm. area. And if we don't sit here and talk about it, yeah. it's just you learn all this stuff for what? If you're not trying to at least give some value and get yeah. it out, like in talking to one, Outside of just the abyss around, it's a form of healing, you know, yes. in order to be able to release this stuff. We bought us so much in to where it's just like, how can I get this stuff out? What methods can I use? But like sitting here just having this conversation, you've released so much value and information out to the world, which is a good thing. So I do encourage you to keep it going, man, to uh, find this content. I'm out here uh, getting together my little stuff so I can uh, help folks. Because honestly... <laughs> I'm more like a Gary V. Like I can talk about this shit all oh, day. Like I'm not. I'm not trying to make money off of telling you stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's honestly, it's just not that serious. How you feel about that? Because he he kind of. I've always known, of course, when we do stuff, we got to eat. We got to make a dollar. But I still, I love to subscribe to his point of where if you're just putting out value, all that other shit is gonna come to you. But it's just like a lot of people out here. It's always the. Throw out the hook real quick. I'm giving you some value, but into that, hey, sign up for my thousand dollar so, course. Da, 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 da. So that's that's the thing in itself, and I think that's just because people understand that information has value. You can sell information, mm-hmm. and you know I don't necessarily discourage people from selling information, but like a lot of people are against giving out free information because that's what they do for a living. They mm-hmm. sell information. I don't sell information for a living. Mm-hmm. I brand businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, my company designs stuff and does strategy and stuff. So I can give out whatever the fuck I want to give out Facts. because I don't make money from giving out the information. Facts. Like that's the same reason why, you know, Gary does what he does, why Alex Ramazzi does what he does because that's not what they make their money from. They have their companies, they have their investments in place and, why gatekeep the information? I don't, mm-hmm. 
yeah, that, that ain't gonna do shit for me. I mean, granted, like you're not gonna call me up on my phone and demand yeah. my time. Yeah, like then you'll story. then you'll have to pay. <laughs> yeah, time is valuable. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I would rather be like with my husband or my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that's a whole another thing. Like I value time a lot differently because I spent so much. Of, I spent so much of my time trying to build businesses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with capitalism has altered. But I, uh, I in value- a positive or negative way neutral okay okay i think because i have a more human lens to Mm -hmm. capitalism and i know capitalism is inherently not the best thing Mm -hmm. um even though it may seem like it is Mm -hmm. but that's another conversation yeah it is i was like (laughs) it's the country we live in so it's like trying to adjust to that knowing it's a capitalist country so it's like if you're not going that route it'd be a lot tougher for you not saying like survive like life-wise here, but just to, to progress here, it's like I say, that's a whole different topic. So we ain't gonna yeah. get into that, but that's where we <laughs> at in this state. Um, but I wanted to ask you next. So throughout your journey, right? Has there ever been a time where you was like, man, even not saying taking a break is different, but where mm-hmm. you was just like real deal, man, I quit. I don't want to do none of this no more. I might change my whole path and go this I way. Mean, you have better moments. I feel like everybody has those moments, and mm-hmm. it's natural because we're human and again. We're not built to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Like <sighs> capitalism is unnatural. <laughs> like <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's just what it is. Like we're not supposed to be doing all of this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. So naturally, you're gonna have those moments where you're like, fuck that shit. Yeah. I ain't doing it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like naturally, you're gonna do that because. This shit is fucking bananas. Like, you yeah. literally have to be a fucking crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> a crackhead for entrepreneurship to really, like, push through it. And in, in my mind, like, you know, I've come to understand that I don't have to do it in a specific way. Mm-hmm. That there are certain things that I can do to do what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not worried about... <sighs> all the burnout and all the you got to work so hard like i think because capitalism has that endlessness like you can go as far as you can that mm-hmm. people push that but that you don't have to, you don't have to do that yeah you can make a hundred grand in your business if it makes sense and if you're able to get the right amount of profit you can stop there take that money and go do something else mm-hmm. like but we're taught and we bite so much into the endlessness of what you can do mm-hmm. in one of your businesses that you don't even consider the fact that you can cap what you're doing in this business and just mm-hmm. go take your money and do something else. Facts. So a lot of people do start a business with the whole mindset of I want to I'm starting this, but I already have an exit strategy to where I'm not trying to take this to the top, top, top. I just want to start it, pop it off, make X amount of profit and revenue or whatnot, and then hey. I'm selling to the highest bidder and taking that either I'm right on to the sunset or <laughs> put that money into something else. Yeah, my purpose or a lifelong thing I want to do to give back. So that's um that's actually dope. But another thing as well, how did you come about? Well, no, before that, what are some of the brands you work with? Uh, with as far as branding and marketing. Okay, so my favorites. So there's a brand called Barbellico. It's a, a a vegan nail care brand, super dope brand. Um, Donata Skin Food, 
it exactly what it is. It's a, a holistic, natural uh, mm-hmm. skincare brand. They're based out of um, based out in Miami. Um, they're super dope. Um, Hoop Mob. Hoop Mob is a an accessories brand. Mm-hmm. All of these are black owned, black women owned brands. That's dope. Um, I've worked with them. Um, I've had a partnership with Amazon's Buy With Prime program, and I've worked with a couple of brands through that program. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done webinars for their Black Business Accelerator. Um, you know, just out here doing shit. That's the only thing that sort of Black Business Accelerator was through that um, Amazon platform. Yeah, so Amazon has a Black Business Accelerator, mm-hmm. and we came on. They well, they brought us on to do. Um, some branding, marketing, and like content workshops for the Black Business Accelerator participants, and then they brought us on again to do um, additional ones for everybody, for that's all dope. of for all of their merchants, mm-hmm. so that they can have like you know references yeah. for all that stuff. That's dope. That's dope. So what I was gonna ask you is so how do you get into starting the idea of I want to start my own studio space and my own content space and just getting that round. So what was that process like for you? That thought process and how did you make it come to fruition? So with stuff like that. You really need to plan stuff out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, you know, you get excited and you just, like, go and do something. Yeah. But you really <laughs> got to plan stuff out. Um, preferably use somebody else's money to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, I mean, that is somebody else's money. So, yeah, <laughs> preferably use somebody else's money to do it. But if you're wanting to go and, like, create a studio or, you know, a content space, definitely do your research on, you know, what content spaces people actually want Mm -hmm. what content spaces people are using understanding like you know pricing strategies and what makes the most sense for the type of space that you have or the area that you're in Mm -hmm. or that you want to have it in um you know really putting together like a marketing plan again going and doing more market research looking at what the other spaces who are similar to yours what they're doing um what that content looks like you know what works in your niche as far as um content spaces are concerned you know, and put something together and be mm-hmm. able to roll stuff out. Because at the end of the day, again, it's just going to go back to consistency. You just got to be consistent yeah. with trying to um, put that stuff out. And also, you really want to make sure that you have your back end set up really well. So all the automation you need in place in regards to, like, booking, mm-hmm. have somebody come clean, um, you know, have giving people access. Want to make sure that all that stuff is good, customer service. Um, you know, having somebody who's available to answer questions, all of that stuff is really important. Um, even down to like the core, whether or not you want to have um, like a period space to where it's like, you know, something from the 70s mm-hmm. or the 50s or where you want to have like a like an organic modern space like mine, where it's like, you know, really high end mm-hmm. and, you know, you have all the the really nice different furniture in there or if you want more of like a blank canvas or if you want something that's more so like a a selfie museum where you have a whole bunch of different sets like you really you really just have to know what it is exactly that you're trying to do and be able to like set everything up around that but you want to do all of that first is that something you always wanted to do was open a um, space of that nature or it just came about one day i've always wanted to do that Uh um i'm a content person like i love creating content um and honestly, that just comes from me being a creative. Like, when it comes to me expressing myself, I don't ever feel like there are enough words to be able to truly express mm-hmm. how I feel or what I want to show. So showing it is the best thing that I can do. Yeah. So, you know, having a space that, one, I can create content in and that two other people can create content in it and pay me for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all for that. Um, 
And that wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to grow to the moon, but it's something that I wanted to have yeah. um, and be able to use and allow other people to use as well to, you know, do whatever they're doing, whether they're an influencer or they have, For sure. you know, their own business, you know. And honestly, we get, like in our space, we get a lot of music videos. Mm-hmm. We've had, interestingly enough, we've had a lot of like, and we definitely had a lot of influencers. We had a lot of famous people come up in there and do stuff. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, man. it's 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 <laughs> it's cool. I like it. I think it's it's just the appeal of our space. Like yeah. it has a specific appeal, so specific people come in there. But it's just the brightness and stuff too. That's it's like ninety percent of the people are well known people. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm happy that you did that. So so real quick, I want to touch on the um on a mental tip. Right? How do you? What are your tips or tactics to uh like to depress from? Depression, anxieties. I'm pretty sure sometimes <laughs> that's one of the ones. What is your process like to to relieve yourself from that stuff? Whether it's meditation, um, prayer, or this and that. How do you overcome certain mental battles as far as being an entrepreneur and knowing you got to use your brain a lot and what you do? Like your brain is constantly going, going, going. So, what does that look like for you? So, one, it takes you being cognizant. Like mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to yourself. Because a lot of times, like, I feel like that's just how it happens. Like, it sneaks mm-hmm. up on you because you're so into the work that you're not paying attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to pay attention to yourself, know the signs. You got to be able to get your ass up from the desk, go outside, look at some trees, like, walk a little bit. Um, I mean, those things definitely help. Because, um, honestly, a lot of it comes from cabin fever, like, just being in the one space, yeah. consistently in that same space. Um, I think... Switching it up every once in a while, like go work somewhere else, mm-hmm. like allow your brain to develop new pathways so that you can not just feel so repetitive. Like, and granted, you may not um, consciously feel like what you're doing is just repetitive, mm-hmm. but that's something that subconsciously can just be building up. You just got to kind of be paying attention to like different cues that your body may be giving you about that. But definitely get your ass up, go outside. Um, you know, eat something healthy Facts. that is going to contribute to you feeling better. Don't eat no junk. Like, I know a lot of times people want to eat what they want because in that moment, it, they think it helps them feel better. But a lot mm-hmm. of times, this junky-ass food does nothing but make it worse. Mm-hmm. It adds on to your high cortisol levels and you'll be more stressed out. Like, mm-hmm. nobody has time for that. So I hear that's attached to stress, though. When people, uh, like, eat certain things, I think it was like, um, some lady said, like, for instance, if somebody is always saying, I want some ice to chew on, like some of that stuff is connected to past trauma in your life to where something mm-hmm. may have happened and you went and did that in that moment as a child. So now as an adult, yeah, like people, it's a people coping have, method. Yeah, people have different types of coping mechanisms, um, things that are comforting to them, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily healthy. Yeah. Like those are sure. things that helped you survive in those moments. But when you know better, you do better. And so, you know, you got to just get your ass up. Nah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> nah, so look, before we get out of here, right, um, I usually always ask my guests to um, give some inspiring motivation to somebody in your field, right, who mm-hmm. wants to come up in that field, who is maybe scared to take that leap of faith and say, hey, I want to just jump out here and start creating or start branding the market and stuff like that. So can you just give some advice on how to either get started or just to navigate that mindset into where you are right now? I say one, make sure you study your craft. Like I understand, you know, wanting to do something. Um, and there are a lot of self-taught people out here, but just make sure you study your craft. Um, make sure that 
you're confident in what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing because, you know, people talk about um, what's that syndrome? Imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's warranted to where you not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so you feel the way you feel because you're not there yet. It's not necessarily that you're an imposter, but you're just not to the point where you're confident enough in what you're doing. Rightfully so, because you ain't done it enough times to really be confident in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real thing. So, you know, make sure you study your craft and make sure that you repetitively do it so that you get confident in what you're doing and the results that you provide for people. Um, and also that you know who you're trying to do work for. Like something that I believe in heavy is niching. Mm. Um, niche down. I know people think it's backwards, but it's not. When you niche down, it allows you to be the only option. Mm. Um which allows you to stand out. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it allows you to get to the top faster, which then gives you visibility to everybody else. Mm. Powerful. Um, so definitely niche down, study your craft, get really confident at it. Um, and put yourself out there. Another thing I would say is network. Um, and I'm not saying go out to networking events and shit, but like, Go to unconventional spaces where networking is not, would not be the objective. So, like, go to a bar at in Buckhead or, you know, go mm-hmm. to a place where you can meet people of value and just be there. Like, yeah. you know, maybe do some work there, whatever. You're more likely to come across somebody and create a genuine connection there. And that turns into something else versus you trying to go no shade to invest fest i'm sure it's amazing but trying to go to invest fest <laughs> and you know trying to networking people and stuff and i know i'm sure people are networking there but um even especially for like introverts it's a lot more difficult to go into spaces like that and to try to meet people because i ain't meet nobody mm. i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna listen i'm sure i'm gonna see people i know i'm gonna say hey to them and they, yeah and they're like oh do you know such and such and sure in that moment i'll you know meet somebody but um, to me, there's just a lot more value in being able to connect with people in spaces where you don't expect mm-hmm. <laughs> to connect with people um, on that level. Um, and also, I mean, like, go to your local commerce places. Like, I know we young and we don't be thinking about stuff like that, but a lot of the people who have been in business for a long time, mm-hmm. they go to those places, and those are places to really take, in, take advantage of. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. I know I said about the end, but real quick, I just want to piggyback on something you said as far as niching down, right? I heard it was yesterday I'm um, on a podcast. The guy was like, this is this, this is the example. This mm-hmm. may resonate with somebody. He was saying there was a guy who wanted to start a company selling um like gloves for uh snowboarders, skiers, and this and that. So the guy mm-hmm. was just like, Well, I really don't want to niche down because then that's just gonna lower my chance of all these people buying my stuff. But he was like, no, look at it like this. Say if you take these gloves, right, and say these gloves are for experts, um, the highest ranking skiers, snowboarders, and this and that. They use them all the time, 24-7. It keeps their hands warm. The grip is good. He was he was saying what that is going to do is allow the people who you think you're trying to reach to say, well, damn, if these gloves are good for these experts and they always use them, if they're good for them and I'm just starting – they damn sure going to be good for me. So mm-hmm. now let me buy into it. So that's just another good example of when you say niche it down to where it actually will work in your favor of just trying to hone in and focus on that one thing. So yeah, I agree 100% works. there. Like, and from a, a visual or physics perspective, we can look at it like this. 
niching down makes you allows you to do this. Mm. Allows you to do this, right? So when you go up here, everybody else down here can see you. Mm. But when you're down here, everybody can't see you. Proximity-wise, the people who are closest to you can see you. But until you go like this mm-hmm. and you're up here serving the people who you're serving, everybody else can't see you mm-hmm. because you're trying. Like, first of all, you're not loud enough because you're too general. Yeah. But once you get specific, then those specific people will see you. And then everybody else will see you. Facts, 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 facts. Giving out good game, good game. So before you get up out of here, you got any announcements you want to give out uh, to the people? Um, do I have any announcements? <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel like I have any announcements for you guys. But y'all can always follow me on uh, Instagram, The Diamond Spikes, Facebook, the same thing, LinkedIn, the same thing, TikTok, the same thing. Um, and if you want to subscribe to our newsletter. You can go to DScreativeDesignStudio.com and subscribe. But that's all I got for y'all. That's, that's all good. You gave us some good value. But again, I am Sir Gates. You can follow me on IG at SirGatesBC. Make sure you follow the podcast. You can hear the podcast, N-H-E-R-I-T-D, podcast across the board. This is another dope conversation. So make sure y'all keep subscribing, turn those notifications, bells, tune in every week when we drop. So until next time, we out and we'll see y'all. Great, great one, great one.